Welcome to the Northbrook United Methodist Church podcast. We are a congregation in Roswell, Georgia, seeking to encounter God, love each other, and serve our community. And we're seeking to do all of that together. Hey, everybody, it's Andrew. I am right now here with Connor King, our ministry intern. All in, brother. (laughs) One for all and all for one. This is going to be a good time. I hope you guys are ready to listen to something because we may go a little longer than usual in this podcast. Who knows? We don't, for sure. We're just going to leave it up to God. I find that I'm less tense right now than I was expecting it to be. Well, it's kind of nice. Yeah, it is. Yeah. We're in the office and uh, we're distanced fairly well. Yes. And we are excited to talk about church, seminary, life, and maybe, well, we'll get to that in a minute. Maybe, maybe. I think it's just important for the listeners to know that the type of excited I am right now is that I'm feeling both hot and cold at the same time. Maybe maybe some of the listeners can relate. Maybe you can, Andrew. But let's just dive right into it. You've been with us for, for a year. Yes. Or almost a year. About, ish. Yeah. Uh, your second year of seminary? Yeah, about about to wrap up my second year in about two weeks. So, so take us through. You're, you're at Candler, finishing up your second year, and right in the middle of your fourth semester of seminary, COVID strikes and classes canceled. What has seminary been like from a distance? It's been wild, but it has sort of continued and very similar. So, so my class schedule is the exact same um, for the most part. Like many people in the business working world, uh, all of my classes are held over Zoom. I have one professor that's pre-recorded lectures and he just posted all of them on there. So most of my classes are continuing at the same pace. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, I spend about six hours on Zoom-ish. Um, you know, just it's, it's sort of gotten to a point where my image of myself is no longer like a, a human being. My image of myself is a, is a box that lights up whenever I speak. That's, that's my sense of self currently. How do you feel about when you're having a Zoom meeting and this happens? Huh? Oh, sorry. You, you go. I... Well, the part, that, the part that's tough about it is whenever, whenever the class is like really into the discussion and there's a topic that everyone really wants to talk about, mm. That's just amplified, and it's like Ooh. it's like running into a brick wall, like just wanting to talk so bad, but then everyone just cuts each other off. <laughs> so, what is your biggest class right now, and what's the biggest Zoom you've been a part of? Yeah, my biggest class right now um, that I meet over Zoom. It's a class of about forty people. The class is history of Christian medieval thought, basically looking at theologians and church practices during the Middle Ages. Um, about 40 people um, in lecture. It's, it's the, pro- the professor is a very pleasant British man. Um, he's awesome. Sounds a lot like the, uh, the Planned Earth guy that, that narrates the Planned Earth documentaries. And that professor is? Am, uh, sh- is that- <laughs> I didn't know. No, 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 it's okay. I, yeah, I yeah, him. I'll say his name. So his name is uh, Dr. Philip Reynolds. I um, had him for uh, you did, yeah. History of Christian Thought. Yeah, yeah. Which was a one o'clock class right after lunch. Yeah, really cool dude. I've yeah. gotten of all the professors, he's like up there for like the ones I've like gotten to know the yeah, most. He's really, great, man. Yeah, really cool guy. Absolutely. So uh, for those maybe that uh, don't know you as well, but are members of Northbrook or members of the community, tell us a little bit, just kind of uh, who you are, how you got here, and how you got to Candler. 
Yeah, for sure. So, so my full name is Earl Connor King, and <laughs> oh, we're starting right at the front. Of it's it. yeah. yeah, right at the basic birth certificate information. <laughs> I think that's the best way to start when you're telling basic things about yourself. Yeah. So Earl is my dad's middle name. My dad's first name is Thomas. My older brother got that name because my dad did not want to pick favorites. But then I had a younger brother born, and he got no family names. So there is a bit of favoritism that's always existed in my family from the start, from from the get out. Um, But I'm from Mississippi. I lived in the Mississippi Delta, which is flat farmland for the first 12 years of my life. Um, One of the best places to ride your bike around as a kid. No hills like that to climb up, just flat land, just go all out. Um, However, uh, tons of mosquitoes. I grew up with like mosquitoes all the time. We had mosquito trucks in our neighborhood. Maybe some of you can relate to that. Um, And pollen, a ton of pollen. Mississippi is actually, the National Weather Service has called it the pollen capital of the world. And one of the sports I did growing up was swimming. One thing we would do during pollen season was the there would be this big parking lot next to the pool, okay? And the people that worked for the gym would, like, sweep up all the pollen. So it would be in, like, massive big piles, like piles of leaves. Sure. What we would do is we would have a very, like, hard practice, and whoever did, like, the worst in the practice in whatever group you were in or did the slowest whatever, they would then have to get out of the pool, run to the parking lot, and then dive into the pollen. And every now and then I was that guy. So just imagine, like, a a Connor wearing a swimsuit that's covered in yellow pollen. That sounds awful. It was horrible, especially when you have bad allergies. But, I mean, that's what peer pressure is. You know, you just get pressured. And And look at you now. And look at me now. I'm not covered in pollen right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, I lived in Mississippi, uh, moved to Jackson, Mississippi um, after I was 12, went to middle school and high school there. Um, My family, we've always been plugged into the church, bouncing around to different Methodist churches. Um, The youth group I was in was a big part of my formation. My my faith grew a lot of time uh, spent in youth. Um, And yeah, so I went to um, the University of Mississippi, um, also known as Ole Miss, the greatest university on the planet. And it's not Old Miss. No, it's Ole Miss. It's like... um, it's that Southern, I don't know why we use that word or where it started. Mm-hmm. I guess it's like a, an adjective, like going down the old dirt road or got to go to the old <laughs> gas station. I don't oh, know. No, I appreciate the examples. Yeah. I was at a loss and now I'm beginning. To yeah. Yeah. It. It's something that we all use, whether we realize it or not in, in the South, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but went to Ole Miss. I was fortunately there. Um, my freshman, sophomore year, we beat the University of Alabama twice in football. We were the only school to have beaten Nick Saban two years in a row. And I think one of the three schools to ever beat him twice. So very proud moment. Then the NCAA caught on to us and we got slapped with some fines and and probation stuff. So that wasn't great. But my time at Ole Miss was awesome. I was really plugged into the Wesley Foundation there, was a Wesley intern my junior and senior year. Um, and I also worked for a summer camp during my summers in Oxford. Um, it was a Methodist summer camp. It was awesome. And it was actually at that summer camp that I sort of received my call to ministry. I, for those of you, for those of you that don't know me well, um, for like the longest part of my life, I wanted to be a teacher, um, preferably a professor of history. So I was already you know, junior year filling out grad school applications to history departments. Um, And it was sort of 
I had a lot of people in my life, mentors, ministers, friends that have been saying that I had gifts for the ministry for for a while, um, but I'd sort of just like pushed it off. I was fine sort of being in the church in a casual capacity. Um, But yeah, I received the call um, while I was at camp. And my call is basically right now just to um, be in a position where I can love and serve all of God's children um, as Jesus as Jesus did. I just want to be in a place where I can just be able to get across to people how much they are loved by God. That's sort of my calling at the moment. Um, Hmm. Then started filling out seminary applications and wound up at Candler. Um, That's a great story. Uh, Two things I want to ask. First, always been curious, you have a very booming, projective voice. Do you know that? Yes. And was that always the case? Or... Did you learn to cultivate a voice that really travels? Yeah, I know it. Uh, I've, I've, you know, I've learned to recognize it. The more people are like, Connor, you're talking like too loud. Like Connor, inside hmm. voices. Um, yeah, I don't know inside where it, voices. inside voices. I don't know where it happened. I grew up in a family of six. Um, okay, we're all generally loud people, and <laughs> in order, and I'm a middle child. And for those of you that are middle children. There's this sort of innate desire to want to be heard. There it so is. So yeah. naturally, the voice elevation just had to wow. take a few cranks I in the mean, upward direction. Especially, it seems, especially in youth and crowds, like people turn and listen because they're like, "Oh, I can hear Connor." Yeah, it's yeah, it's. I think um, I think all of the nutrients and energy growing up mm. that should have gone to my ears getting bigger, went to my vocal cords being enlarged. Um, Andrew, you can see my ears right now. They're not very, not a lot of right hem about. Your ears are smaller than I would think they would have been, but they're nothing like to be, you know, shameful. Well, that's good to hear. I'm not, I'm not ashamed of it. I just get comments of it. As someone who has some somewhat smaller ears on the spectrum, I, I get it, but my hearing is fine. Thank you. And my other question is, uh, you talked briefly about a call to ministry. So for someone who may not really understand that language of call, because uh, I know you and I have talked about that, ministers talk about that a lot, seminaries yeah, sure. talk about that, but out, I'm not sure in the world outside, yeah, uh, 90% sure. of everybody else really understands what that means. Yeah, Can you tell me sure. a little bit what that means? I think if I was going to use a synonym for call, I would sort of describe it as a purpose. Um, as, a, as a Christian, um, I believe that God has given a purpose for my life. And what I recognize my call as is, is basically me recognizing what the purpose that God has for me in, in my life. Um, that purpose happens to be in the specific context of ministry. Um, but I think we all have a call, uh, ultimately, um, whether or not, uh, whether or not one's a Christian, I do fervently believe that God places a call in all of our lives, um, that there is something or some things that we are we are meant to do, we are made to do that are the most life-giving thing for us in this life. Um, and being in a position where I can best love and serve other people in the way that Jesus did, that is just the purpose I recognize for my life. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I, um, I can't remember who said it. I was talking to a friend of mine uh, a couple weeks ago, and somebody coined this uh, sentence, and uh, it said something to the effect of, the call is where your desires and God's desires meet. It's a very good sentence. Um, and I like that sentence. Yeah. I don't know who sentence. said it, but it wasn't me. Yeah, I'm not sure. Have you gotten to a point, I don't know, 
Maybe this is just me. I've gotten to a point where I assume that everything I, I have is a quote from someone else. So I've sort of gotten to this point where I don't know if I have any original thoughts anymore. I, I generally think 80 to 90% of what I say I've just heard from somewhere else. 40 to 50% of what I say is generally a movie or a TV quote. Yeah. Maybe even a song lyric. That's fair. I think I had my first original thought in a while just a few days ago, actually. Do you want to hear about yeah, it? Yeah, I want to okay, hear about it. Okay, okay, so, 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 so. rare. Proud to say, um, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm copywriting this idea right now. Patent it. This is a verbal contract. Everybody I'm can hear with this. All of the listeners. Yes. Okay. So, Andrew. All of the listeners. All, all of the listeners. All of them. Yes. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the hit TV show Shark Tank? Have I? Yeah. Of course. (laughs) Well, for those of you that might not know what Shark Tank is, Shark Tank is a TV show. I don't know what network it airs on, but basically how the show works is an entrepreneur, an inventor, uh, up-and-coming business person, they have an idea, an idea for a business or an invention, and they bring that idea forward to the sharks. And the sharks are very successful business people. Um, Mark Cuban is one, and they swap out some every now and then. So it is basically a place for people to present their ideas to in potential investors to get their new business up and running. Okay, so my idea: this would be a special episode of Shark Tank, and I don't know if it would be recur- recurring or what. Sure, but it's a special episode where one of the sharks that is brought on to Shark Tank. Andrew, have you ever heard the name Shaquille O'Neal? Have I? You have. Of course. He's very hard to ignore. He's a very tall man, great, great basketball player, great personality, all around solid dude. Shaquille O'Neal would be one of the sharks. The ideas and the businesses brought to Shark Tank that episode would be just big, extravagant things. Like, here are these shoes that are 10 feet wide or... How about this fly swatter that's as big as a rake? Just very big inventions and ideas. And the epi- and the episode, the show, if you may, sure. for this will be called Shack Tank. You Original know. idea right here, Connor King. Shaq, I would love to talk with you more about this and get this up and running. Um, I think that could be great. Thank you. Thank uh, you. I really do. It means a lot. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to ask you this question, and then uh, we're going to switch to our pop culture segment. Although, I believe we're just blending everything today. Uh, we're like a, a good old a good old fashioned mixer. Oh, yeah. People have said that before, and I've never known what it meant, but I'm assuming it means something. I think a right mixer now. is like when people used to hang out. Oh, uh, well, we're kind of doing those? That. We're kind of doing that right now. I mean, yeah, but it's like two of us. Yeah, that's like, true. You don't see places where there's. Four or five, unless you're going to bowling alleys now. Yeah, for so, sure. That's fair. Uh, there's that. Uh, so, big question, Connor. How have you been finding God in the midst of quarantine life? So, it's going to sound really weird and ironic, and I'm not trying to elevate my experience over all... You know, we're, we see, we keep up with the news, and there are a lot of people that are in a lot of hurt and pain right now. Um, not just with health issues or the loss of a loved one, but a lot of people are dealing with economic problems um, and that is affecting their social and family dynamics. So, so not to discount any, any of that, because that is, that is very significant. Um, Like the safety of our neighbors is like out of priority. Um, But my experience during quarantine has 
for the most part, I think, been a good one. And primarily a good one is because my time in quarantine, I've been able to rekindle and spend more time in relationships with people that I have had in the yeah. past than, than I have ever had the time to do. Yeah. Um, my, my closest group of friends um, from Ole Miss, from the Wesley Foundation, we've been chatting more than we ever have since I moved to Atlanta, since, since they've gotten jobs. And we, we've just been spending time one another, with one another, encouraging one another. Um, we did, uh, we've been uh, sort of like rekindling an old discipleship group that we used to do where we would just like read a chapter of the Bible today and then come back later in the week and just discuss it. And I've just felt God building me up in those spaces um, in a way that God would do a lot during my time in undergrad. Um, and so it's been awesome. Uh, just this past Sunday, we we had a over Zoom movie night wherein we we decided what is a bad movie that is so bad that we can all make fun of it relentlessly. Ooh, it's one that's of a our great idea. It's one of our it was one of the best pastimes that we used to do. Bad movie nights are awesome. Yes, we watched Velocipastor over Amazon. Oh my gosh, I have not watched this yet. For anyone listening to the, to this podcast. If you have not seen Velocipastor and you have an Amaz- access to an Amazon Prime account, you need to drop what you're doing. Unless you're holding a child, you need to drop what you're doing. Oh, hold on to the child. Hold on to the child. Sure. You need to drop what you're doing and watch Velocipastor. It is riveting. It is passionate. It is profound. Insert another P word, and that, that's what it is. Wow. Yes. That's high praise. High praise. Wow. Great segue. Great, Great segue. segue into, I love it. Uh, we need to go ahead and move to talking about some pop culture segments, and ultimately we're going to get to the crown prince himself, Nick Cage. But uh, a few things I want to share. There's Amazing. an article released by Cinema Blend, one of my favorite websites to visit. Tell me about it. And it is... Uh, seven underperforming Disney movies you should give another shot on Let's Disney+. Plus. And I'd, yeah. I'd like to know your thoughts. Uh, basically, just give me a one to ten on your interest of of maybe watching this film. Okay, you said seven underrated movies Seven underrated on Disney+. Movies. Plus. Is this Disney like Plus. seven to like first? Or are they just like seven? Just throw I don't think there's there. any order. Just throw them out these, there. Cool. Uh, but uh, I, could, I could totally be thinking my top three of these, maybe top two. The first one uh, that was put on this article is Treasure Planet. Oh. <sighs> Man, you're asking for my interest in this? Interest, yeah. Interest, 10 out of 10. Treasure Planet is, bar none, the most underrated Disney movie that... It was a it was a box office flop. I don't know if you're aware but of this. But it is a phenomenal movie. It's phenomenal. And so I have a funny story. So Treasure Planet, loved the movie. I also am a really big reader. One of my favorite things to do is to read classic old novels. I'm not really big into reading very recent books. I love the classic novels. You know, the things you'll find in Barnes and Noble that are just on the classic shelf. I love those. And I was getting around to Treasure Island and I did not realize that Treasure Planet was based off of Treasure Island when I yeah. started reading it. And as I kept reading it, I'm like, this sounds very familiar. It's a lot, yeah. It's like, it's, like, it's like I've been here before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. And, yeah. and how, but how good is that? I mean, the soundtrack's great. There's humor. It's amazing. It's sci fi. It's just it's amazing. A classic. Yeah. It is a really, really good movie. If yeah. you have not watched that or have not seen it in a while, I highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting Beware to. Beware the cyborg, everyone. That's my final thought. Beware the Now we're getting to my. This is one of my top five all time favorite okay. movies. Let's hear it. Um, the Rocketeer. 
The Rocketeer. Okay, a movie that I have not seen. One of those movies where everyone that has seen it has said only good things. So I don't know if it's like a cult classic. I don't know if it can be called as that, but on my interest scale, definitely like eight and a half, maybe nine out of ten. It, it is a fantastic movie. Yeah. It's got everything you could want. That's what I hear. Uh, it's got action. It's got romance. Like, it's got, like all those. Uh, it's got some thriller elements. Yeah. And, uh, thriller, thrilling. So uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, next, bed knobs and broomsticks. Say that again. Bed knobs and broomsticks. Bed knobs and broomsticks. Have you heard of this? One? I've never heard of it it's at a, all. It's an old. I've one. heard of those objects before. Yeah, it's got Angela Lansbury in it. Don't know and who that it's, is. Uh, she's uh, the voice of oh shoot, Miss Potts in the original. Beauty really? Movies. Okay. And well, it's got the father from the original Mary Poppins in it. Okay. And it is one all of those right. movies that blends live action and animation. Okay. It's bizarre. I, I'm, I'm I grew up watching it, and so I have a soft spot in my heart for it. Yeah. I don't know how actually good it is. Bed knobs and brooms. Um, but that's on the list as well. Uh, number four on the I'm gonna list. Give it, I'm going to give it a six out of ten on my interest. Okay. Scale. Okay. Yeah. Number, I don't know why this is on the list. Hercules. I find uh, it. <laughs> I find it phenomenal. Underrated? Underrated. <laughs> underrated. We're going to skip that one. That doesn't belong on the list. Yeah. Uh, the Black Hole. Black hole. It is a. It's an old one. Correct uh, me if I'm wrong, but the black hole. I've so never seen it, but the black hole. I want to believe came out around the same time as the first Star Wars. It was Disney's day. attempt, I believe, at trying to make some cash off of kind of the sci-fi vibe. Yeah, yeah. You know, studios do this. They think, oh, here's the new genre that people are like. If we just Shove something out. Doesn't matter if it's good. Now, I've not seen the black hole. It might be good. It might not. Never seen it. But I know the studios do this where they pick out the popular genre. They just try to shove something out. And the idea is, well, it's the genre. People will go see it. Doesn't matter if it's good or bad. People will give us their money. Sure. And I don't. I, I think there have been some examples. I'm not going to go into it. But that is just not the case at all. No. Uh, any interest in the black hole? I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Okay, that's not bad. I started it, by the way. Okay. Uh, a month ago, I started The Black Hole. Yeah. Made it about 20 to 30 minutes while I was folding laundry. Okay. Haven't picked it up since. Okay. It's weird. That's a bad sign. It's weird. If, if you have not been been encouraged to, to continue it in the past, you said week, that is a bad sign in the movie. Month. Hey, you should not have to dig in an hour to be excited by a movie. Uh, we're going to do lightning round, these last two. Okay. Uh, the first one is Fantasia 2000. Interest? Uh, 8 out of 10. And the last one is the new live-action Dumbo. Ooh, um, uh, 6 out of 10. Okay. Uh, I know I recently posted uh, that I am involved in what I call, in this quarantine moment, the Days of Cage. Excellent. Uh, which Glad to hear is it. A, a kind of walk-through... Just Nicolas Cage movies as much as I can. Yeah. I don't know if I texted you about this or maybe the, the I'm saying it now for the first time, but I'm very proud of you in this moment. Thank you. Yeah. One of the uh, proudest I've ever been of another person. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, I've always been a fan of Nick Cage. Yeah. Uh, but when you and I met, I realized that there was an ultimate fan of yes. Nick Cage. Can you take me a little bit through your relationship, maybe your testimony with Nicolas Cage? My my history with formerly known as Nicholas Kim Coppola, now currently known to the world and history as Nicolas Cage, is 
has been one of, not the most, but one of the best parts of my life. So my experience with Nicolas Cage, like you, Andrew, um, saw him in a couple movies. Uh, National Treasure, the first one. That was the first movie that I saw of him and recognized, oh, this is that actor, Nicolas Cage. Kind of getting to that point where I'm like, oh, these people aren't actual characters, they're actors playing characters. Some people make that connection sooner than others. For me, it was like around the time when I was in like eighth or whatever grade. So sure. middle school. Sure. At a spiritual life retreat to Camp Lake Stevens, which is a United Methodist summer camp. Um, at a spiritual life retreat there, there came one night where me and some other guys in my youth group were just gathered around a bonfire. All right. Great setting in general. But this was an amazing night because one of the guys in the group, Taylor Bush, good friend of mine, Taylor is... Just a really, one of those guys that you can just like hang out with him and like, he's a solid dude. Sure. Taylor started telling me about Nicolas Cage, mm. but not just about him, about how amazing he was and how Taylor believed him to be the greatest actor of all time. He started giving me all these movies to watch, to observe Nicolas Cage's dynamic acting style, um, which is not is not regarded by the world. The world has other things to say about Nicolas Cage, which I'll get into at a certain point. Sure. But I just witnessed all these great performances by this actor, and he very quickly becomes my favorite actor. And yes, I will defend him as the greatest actor of all time. That is high praise. The highest of praises. Wow. Um, so, so, Connor, how is, why is Nicolas Cage the greatest actor of all time? He... He thrives in a variety of movie genres, and he has several different great acting styles. He plays in he plays a um, a terrific action movie star, most notably seen seen in movies like Gone in sixty seconds and Con Air. He has just a, a good sternness about him in those roles. He plays the smart, charming character extraordinarily well. Um, the most notable example I can think of that is in National Treasure. He just seems very confident, very at ease, and there's like a wisdom to, to it. One of, my, one of my friends the other day, side note, called um, Benjamin Gates, who Nicolas Cage plays in the National Treasure movies, as a smarter but less athletic Indiana Jones. Oh, that's good. That is a good yeah, like comp it. to it. Yeah, I thought it was a good analysis. Um, he's amazing in the romance genre. Uh, in The Family Man, he plays uh, a man that is learning how to fall in love again, going from a stern businessman to, um, to, 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 a passion, to a compassionate person, human being. Um, he thrived in that. He, he plays <laughs> eccentric and crazy very well. The crazy aspect of Nicolas Cage is very well known. Yeah, that's, he, yeah, that's memeable. Yeah, it, it is memeable, heavily, heavily been memed. Um, he... He's dabbled in the superhero genre. That's true. Uh, there, are, there are three movies that I can think of that are superhero movies that he's played in. Yeah. Um, he's good in that. He's just... And not a lot of actors have that diverse array of genres that they can fit into. Yes, there are a few of the greats, but it is only, only the greats that can do that. And he has a record that can prove it. He has an Academy Award that can prove it. An Ac- another Academy Award nomination in another genre of movie. They can prove that. Mm. Nicolas Cage, the greatest actor of all time. Uh, say I'm somebody who really hasn't, maybe maybe seventh grade Connor, who really hasn't dabbled in the Nick Cage uh, movie dumb. What would you? What would you say? What what kind of starter kit would you give me for Nick Cage? Say 
say I'm I'm at in a, a high schooler wanting to kind of get into it, but also, you know, have the age related restrictions. I can't watch everything. Yeah, you know, you Nick can. Cage kind of dabbles a little, especially lately in the in the more adult for sure movies. He, he does, um, but who doesn't? Which yeah, actor that's doesn't? true. Yeah, actors have again Ebb and like, flow. like Nick Cage have a wide range yes. that they can play. Yes. So give me a starter kit for some movies that that you might. Get me going on a Nick starter Cage. kit, and I'll say all of these movies are PG thirteen or but or below. No, I will not put any R rated movies on this list. Okay, so great. starter kit, I want to hit a lot of the high points, um, but maybe some of the dark horse movies that a lot of people haven't seen. Sure. So, I this you I don't know what your thoughts are. This okay. might come off as typical, this is stereotypical, but I think the first Nicolas Cage movie that someone should watch should be. National Treasure. Yeah, yeah. His performance as a as a as a smart, cunning, treasure hunting detective, I think it was amazing. The soundtrack for those movies oh, yeah. are so underrated. Yeah. Uh, and I believe that's a movie that really speaks to multiple generations. It, it speaks does. to a wide array of people. It does. Yeah. It was made in two thousand four, two thousand five, but it looks like it doesn't look old by no, any stretch. It's, um, it holds up really well. It has really a well. nice Prime of life, Nicolas Cage in that movie. Absolutely. So first on my list, National Treasure. A second one, and hot take, this one is my favorite Nicolas Cage movie. I mentioned it before, but The Family Man. Watch this one with the family around Christmas. The Family Man is really good. This one is PG-13, so just a warning, but it's an amazing story about a man who at at one point in his life chose to pursue his career instead of the love of his life, um, and is given a chance by an angel to go back in time and to relive his life if he had chosen um, to, to continue to fall in love and to marry um, his lifelong partner. And it's in that new reality he has that he experiences true joy and happiness that he's never been able to experience in the other reality where he's a businessman. It's a great, wholesome message um, for you for the family, and I highly, highly, highly recommend The Family Man. Are we on two? That's only two. That was wow. only two. I'm going to make these other three more brief. Um, okay, a comedy. We all like a good laugh, right? But you get a good <laughs> laugh in any of his movies. That's the beautiful thing about Nicolas Cage. A comedy, Raising Arizona. A lot of people um, that were you know, alive and active and self-conscious during the 90s can attest that Raising Arizona is a phenomenal comedy, just a great movie all around. Yeah, so those are the three movies that I would put on the list. Um, Three is really good. Okay, that's great. Um, Connor, I want to thank you for being a part of our longest podcast. Some might call it uh, going off into some tangents. Others might call it just exploring the quarantine pressing time deep pressing yeah, deeper into how we all can thrive in in this new reality we're living in in quarantine but also pressing deep into the story of an amazing actor absolutely i want to say thank you again connor for sharing a little bit of your call story for sharing what seminary has been like telling us a little bit more about you and mississippi the last thing i do want to ask is i believe you recently got engaged I did, yeah. I got engaged to, um, her name is Catherine Louise Prendergast, um, goes by Kate. Kate and I have been together for almost four years now. We got engaged on Leap Day, February 29th, um, just of this past February, and we're so excited. We've been looking forward to marriage for, for a time now, and I, 
I cannot wait to spend the rest of my life with her and continuing to grow um, in my faith and in my um, relationship with her as long as I'm alive. So I'm really excited and happy about it. That's awesome. I know we celebrate that with you um, and we're continuing to be thankful for what you're doing in the life of our church um, and for you being a part of our community. So to all of you, thanks for listening. I know this was a little bit longer, but uh, I hope you had a good time. If you do have any curiosity about more Nick Cage questions, or if you disagree with us, don't let us know because we already know we're right. Uh, that Nick Cage is great, great. Great closing. Uh, but thank you again for joining us. We look forward to uh, next week. And remember, uh, join us this Sunday at 11 o'clock a.m. for live stream worship. Uh, that'll be on our website, northbrookumc.com. And then Sunday evening, we will be having some coffee house worship on Facebook Live uh, at 7.30. You can find that link available on our website as well. That will be right there next to live worship. So, uh, Connor, thanks for being with us. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye.